Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. This is another episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with uh, my friend Jim Resky, and we have been teaching through the book of Galatians, and I just finished teaching chapters one through three. Jim is going to be teaching chapters four through six. Yeah, so Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, Greg. Doing okay. Great to be with you. Always fun to talk about these things. So how did I do? <laughs> I thought you were fabulous. You were magnificent. <laughs> the thing is, I, I'm Greg, my own... I, I know the words you want to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. I do. I do want to hear those words. But what's what's crazy, and we talk about it a lot, is there's the talk you prepare, the talk you deliver, and then the talk you wish you would have delivered. That's we, exactly right. We always spend most of Saturday afternoon, thinking about what we wish we would have said. I will share that um, on this particular topic, I thought it went pretty well. Um, I don't have many changes. Um, I think I could have maybe um, spent a little bit more time talking about those the two thieves of the gospel um, and kind of explaining that illustration better and how the the Judaizers were not in line with the gospel. They kind of drifted away and fell into legalism. And um, and there was somebody, somebody asked the question that, um, because I say there's three ways you can live, follow the rules, follow Jesus, or follow your heart. And a person asked, uh, you know, a question about... Um, which was basically a misunderstanding of the diagram, actually, that um, that you could be following your heart and doing it for God, and uh, um, which made me think of. I just wish I would have had more time uh, talking about that. You know, Jesus gives us a new heart. Um, That's right. So, um, and I love that verse that says. Um, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. So the diagram itself makes it look like maybe following your heart is always bad, but it's not Greg, bad. But it, if, if someone's listening to this podcast, they didn't, didn't listen to the last one where you described it. Just describe the diagram briefly. So the diagram is based on this idea that Jesus was crucified between two thieves. And so if you picture a hill and then Christ in the center then um, on the sides of the hill, uh, there's one side, and then there's the, you know a left side, and then a right side. On the on, let's say the left side is, um, you know, so these are the two thieves of the gospel, and they are legalism and license. And so on the one side is where people fall into the trap of I've got to follow the rules, and that would be like the Pharisees or the Judaizers, or any Christian that is trying to add to Jesus, you know, whether it's for their salvation or sanctification, right. like Jesus plus, 
Right. But then the other side, um, the other thief is when we fall into the trap of, you know, following your heart, which is basically, um, you know, the idea that, uh, hey, Jesus died for my sins, past, present, and future, so I can, you know, live however I want. I'm forgiven, so I might as well just follow my heart and do whatever feels good. Right. And obviously, you know, um, that's not that's not li living the Christian life is not aligned with that. But there is there is an aspect of the heart, though, that the Scripture says that you know Jesus gives us a new heart, um, and so when we're following him, he does change the desires of our heart. So it's not like the heart, although what there's that verse in Jeremiah, that talks about how evil the heart is. Um, yes. You know, you know that, you know, heart you know is wicked above all to? else who can understand it. Right. Right. So, and that's, that's an unregenerate un, yeah, an unsaved heart, you know, but right. when we, when we come to Christ, we get a new heart, and so um, God changes our heart. So anyway, those are the two. And then also, if you're following Jesus, you do want to obey the law. You just don't want to rely on the law. So there's a difference between obeying the law and relying on the law. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's all about why you do it, right? I mean, that's kind of. That'll bleed into my talk as well. But like, why do you obey the law? What do you, why do you, why are you doing it? You're doing it because you think it's going to improve your standing with God. You're doing it because you think you're going to get something more out of God. You're going to, or are you doing it just because you love him? Right. Out of sheer gratitude. Yeah. So overall, I think that overall, I think the Bible study went pretty good. I left lots of time at the end for uh, questions and comments and, Sometimes right in the middle, I had a time of, there was a time of questions and comments and one guy kind of threw a question that I wasn't prepared to answer. I had ideas. I had ideas, but it was one of those things I, I didn't want to, uh, I was afraid my answer might be wrong, you know? So um, anyway, that threw me off a little bit, but uh, um, overall, I mean, I love the book of Galatians. It's pretty straightforward. Paul is pretty clear. He's, he's angry. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. he, uh, is, um, very passionate about the gospel and how it not only saves us, but it is also the key to our sanctification. And I know you're going to pick up the, the baton in chapter four, five, and six, and, um, especially pick up that idea of gospel driven sanctification. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you something before. I was just thinking about this. Like you, as we talked about this afterwards, you have a question from in the audience. It's maybe a technical question or a theological question, or it's just a question you hadn't thought about beforehand. So most of us who are teaching are lay people. Um, and I, I just feel like, look, I can't know everything. And, but what happens, I feel like I should have known the answer. I should have spent more time studying. I just read more commentaries and more versions and more the translations. I would have Dang, a doggone it. I wish I, I feel bad. Like I should know, I should be the answer man. Right. Myself. I had several weeks to prepare. Never mind that I have, you know, full time job and family and commitments, everything else. But I still, I'm not, you know, I, I take it seriously, the obligation. I wish I'd known it. Do you, I mean, I, I imagine you feel the same way, but you, because now you, for our audience, for the benefit of our listeners, you're also in full time Christian work. 
Yes. So you're a bit different than the rest of us, you know, amateurs teaching. Do you feel a heightened sense of that? Like I definitely do. I definitely do. And let me let me put it to you in this way. Um, the founder of the organization I work for, Dawson Trotman, he was known to be um whenever he came across a Bible, whenever somebody asked him a Bible question, he couldn't, he he didn't know the answer to. He found the answer and he was known to um never forget the answer that he learned. Mm. And so um in other words, once he learned something, he knew he knew it. And so he wasn't gonna be stumped um twice, you know. But I think that that I think he had an incredible mind. He had a um to me I look at it as um I don't have that kind of mind. I I'm one of these guys, I can go to a movie and I can walk away and be like, man, that was a great movie. I could summarize the movie, but then 10 minutes later, I could get things all out of order. And it's like, I need to, I need to go see the movie again. Um, and so I find myself like, I'll look up, you know, I'll have questions um, about the Bible and I'm, I, I have a pretty decent knowledge of the Bible. I read through the Bible every year and I've been doing yeah. it for 25 years in a row. I'm doing it again in 2024. Awesome. And, uh, but you could, the way my mind works, I can never master it. I can never, um, I mean, um, I think it's supposed to be that way. And I think if you feel like you master it, that's kind of false, um, assurance, a false confidence, but no one can master it. Yeah. So when I got asked that particular question, I knew I, I here's here's what goes through my mind, Jim, and this is what bothers me is like I knew the answer to that question. Like I had I had oh I had learned that answer. You had oh I see many I see. times oh, in the past. It's right. just I didn't have the confidence to um reach in your articulate memory. it. I didn't have the confidence to to articulate it without a sense of like, what if you're wrong? Right. Um, and then that would be worse than me just saying, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer to that question. And so, and I, I attribute that to the fact that I just don't have one of these like photographic memory minds. I, I, I have to keep relearning things. Yeah. And, um, even it's like with scripture, like, I mean, you know, I've memorized lots of scripture, but if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't practice it, you if you don't use it, you lose it, you know. Sure. So yeah. So that's so so actually, you know, the thing that bothers me is just it bothers me that my mind like um I mean, all the classes I sat through in seminary, all the Bible teachers I've all the Bible reading I've done, you know, I knew the answer to that question. I just but I just couldn't reach back with a hundred percent confidence and answer it. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not, I'm not sure I want to be like a Bible answer man type of person. Um, you know, I think, I think it's, I think people more respect, <laughs> um, you know, a, a humble, I'm not sure. Yeah. Over a confident, well, let me tell you what chapter and verse that is. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think it's, what's funny is I think if you're the speaker like you were, and you didn't have that answer, you feel bad about it, that feeling of walking, you're like, oh, dang, I should have known that answer. 
But as an audience member watching you, when you say, hmm, good question, I don't know. What, what do the rest of you think? Which I think is kind of the way you handle that. It feels very, it feels normal, natural. I don't, it doesn't feel, I don't sit there and say, I can't believe, I can't believe Greg doesn't know the answer to this. That's kind of what I think as a speaker that people are thinking in the audience, but I'm in the audience when it's you, I feel like it never, you know, it just doesn't bother me at all if you don't have the answers. So, um, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I also wondered whether people felt like he was trying to trip me up. The, the person asking me the question was, you know, yeah, and it, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like a genuine. But do you remember the question for the people by now? People listening to the podcast saying, "What was the question?" It must be really juicy or good. It was. Oh about- yeah, the the question was about Timothy, and because you know, in Galatians it talks about um, how I, I had just shared how Titus in Galatians it says that Titus um, um, chose not to be circumcised. Right. Um, and so the question was, well, why did Timothy choose to be circumcised? And the answer was because Timothy was half Jewish. And um, I think, you know, the short answer is he did it for ministry purposes, um, you know, so he could be more effective reaching Jews. Um, he didn't want to have any stumbling blocks. So he didn't do it for his, his salvation or his sanctification. He he did it because he was he was half Jewish and um, he um, you know I mean that's uh, that's my understanding of that situation but and so it did you know it did kind of relate to um, the book of Galatians because you know there's so much about circumcision in the book of Galatians you know yeah. and circumcision is kind of a proxy or a word for like just law keeping and keeping the law. So yes. the way you just describe that as really good, Greg, is say he chose to get circumcised, but it didn't affect his standing with God. Yes. Right. So he's he's keeping that element of the Jewish law to be circumcised, but it didn't make him any better or worse in God's eyes. And I think he cho- I think he did it for ministry purposes. And I think Titus chose not to not to be circumcised for ministry purposes. So what's an analogy today? If I was in a, uh, a a missionary in a country where they didn't eat meat, for example, and I said, "I'm just not going to eat. I'll be, I'll be vegan." Then I, yeah, choosing choosing to choosing to adopt a cultural thing. Um, right. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a that's a good example. Style of dress or a way of eating or some. I I say this doesn't affect my righteousness before God. This doesn't make me holier before. God. It doesn't make me. God doesn't love me any more because I'm doing this keeping this rule and this culture i'm just doing it to relate to these people and save souls for christ right yeah yeah and there's lots of you know paul talked about being all things to all men so that he might win win people to to the lord but the problem in galatians and uh, we're going to shift into this because you're going to continue on teaching it the problem was it wasn't that they were just trying to keep the law in the sense of, uh, you know, following the Ten Commandments. The problem is they were relying on the law and and they were um, doing it for their justification and their sanctification. So how's your preparation coming? So I think it's coming along. There are parts of it that's they're a little muddy still that I'm not totally clear on. That's why it's good to talk them through with you out loud, Greg, you know, and that's kind of you know, if people are still uh, listening at this point, uh, kind of the gist of the podcast where 
you and I talk through things. We have these spiritual conversations. And for years, we'd say, maybe just record this and maybe someone else could benefit from this. Because kind of like hashing things through together in real time. And often, even in the midst of a podcast, I'll say there are things that I just learned that I never knew before. Yeah. So I'm still kind of hashing it out, working it out. But, I, but what I are you? Want... What are you learning? Well, I'm trying. Well, part of it is understanding this this perspective of always thinking of in terms of grace, but um, and understanding the, and the distinction between justification and sanctification. But then really understanding it, thinking through the role of works and how what works get us, and because it, that's. It, it, you might say it's just the flip side of the same coin, right? Uh, but it, but, but it's a way of really un understanding. I think what Galatians is trying to do. So, as you said last week, and you built, I got to kind of build on the foundation you laid last week, and kind of take take off from there. Um, the Judaizers were coming by and saying, "You, you, Jesus alone isn't enough. You need works as well to be fully accepted by God." Um, and so it's good yet you need jesus jesus is like it's like a necessary but insufficient condition right so you you need jesus is necessary but that's not enough so if you want to be fully accepted by god you've got to also keep the law and i'm going to also incorporate part of the podcast we did a two or three podcasts ago where we talked about rewards yeah and the whole rewards theology which looks at the verses about the bema seat of christ and we did a whole podcast then, so I won't regurgitate all that. But the notion of like saying, well, no, you um, rewards theology is basically you are saved by faith alone. Uh, you, grace is operative for your justification, but your sanctification is not based on grace. It's based on your hard work and effort. So you get into heaven purely by grace alone. This is what the rewards theology would say. You get into heaven. But if you want to hear, well done, the good and faithful servant, which is why I was teasing you yeah. about the moment. Right. You really want to be fully accepted by God. If you want a great standing in his eyes, you need to do a lot of good works and you got to obey the law uh, after you become a Christian. So it's it's justification by grace through faith, but it's sanctification through your own hard work and effort. And how God feels about you for justification, absolutely. By grace, but how God feels about you, how he will evaluate you, your standing before God is very much contingent upon your performance in mm. this reports theology. And it's and that to and to 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 me, just hearing you say that, it just feeds it just feeds that 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 part of us that um the self-centered part of like the like the uh that's right uh the the selfishness of the the yeah. human heart like like the comp almost a sense of competition like hey who who's going to get more rewards right like it, 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 right it's, um, in like one of my bullets that i'm working on now is like what if i told you what if i told you jim i went into full-time ministry because i'm going to get more rewards than you yeah can you imagine that good for you <laughs> <laughs> But the rewards people say, well, and some of them actually deal with this because because what you and I are talking about now is the idea like the basic motivation is self-centeredness and self-centeredness is my core sin problem, right? Self-absorption is the essence and pride. That is my sin problem. And this is an appeal to my pride. Don't you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Think about how your your chest will swell with pride when, when many others have tried, Greg, and failed, but not you. You get great rewards and 
it's all an appeal to your self-centeredness and pride. So even if it works, it makes you a proud person, makes you worse. And they'll de- the rewards theology say, well, I know that sounds like it's self-centeredness, but it can't be because that's what God is using to motivate you. So it must be, it must be good. And that's the and that's the key right there. You just said it, motive to motivate you. And this is the issue that you and I have with this rewards theology is that it is it turns out to be a motivator, and I don't think it's a biblical motivator. They sell it as a motivator. I mean, there's one of the books I was looking at. It said this is this is highly motivational. This is it's meant to be a huge motivator. Think of all the rewards you're going to get for all your good works in heaven. And by the way. All the punishment you'll get, um, the embarrassment, humiliation, when all your sins are scrolled on a screen behind you for everyone else to see, you know, that everything you've done inside of God will disclose the motives of, men, of men's hearts. And all those things, and, not, and we're not talking about everything you did before you're a Christian. No, no, no. Jesus, wipe that away. All the sins since you've been a Christian on a big teleprompter, a big telescreen, whatever, for everyone to see. And that and that just feeds fear. Fear. Absolutely. So. It makes God you afraid. And... My fear is not gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, and then we talked about this in the podcast before, but the strangeness with which the commentators talk about this, because they don't write from a sense of fear. They almost, it's almost glee. It's like, this is, this can be just a great day. And and then a big tone of warning. Whoa, do you, many Christians don't understand. There are many of you out there who are not following. It'll really be surprised on that day. Like it's woe to you for all your sins, but it's going to be a great day for me for all my good works. Right. And anyway, it, so it, so part of the reason why, why even talk, those verses are not in Galatians. Why talk about this? Because it feels to me, and I'm going to try to make the connection as clearly as I can, that the rewards theology people or that, that line of thinking are modern day Judaizers. Mm. That, that they both say, you know, the, the question is, is Jesus alone enough to be fully accepted by God? The Judaizers would say, no, you need to keep the Mosaic law too. And the rewards people would say, no, that's enough to get into heaven. But to be fully accepted by God, that's Jesus alone is not enough. Mm. You need to keep the law as well. So they are the modern day Judaizers. And then the first bridge I need to cross, and this is where I'm stumbling, Greg, is the rewards people would immediately draw a distinction they because they would they would say oh no 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 those judaizers said you need you need to do the law to be saved and i'm not saying that you're saved by i believe you're saved by grace alone you're saved by faith you get into heaven because of his grace you just don't get fully rewarded unless you performed really well so yeah. they say, i'm not a judaizer oh no 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 that, that and, and and if you, if you so this is, I'm trying, I'm figuring out, still struggling with how to express it. To maintain that theological view, they need to put Galatians in a box of justification. They need to read the book of Galatians as Paul's rant against salvation by works. They say, so they can say, I agree with Galatians that salvation is by faith alone. Paul's just talking about salvation, justification. What I, a rewards person, what I'm talking about is your sanctification. I'm talking about how you live after you're saved. And Galatians isn't about that. Galatians is just about, you know, how to how to get into heaven just for salvation. But that's where I would I would bring up Galatians chapter three. Amen. Because I think it's pretty clear that this was not just salvation. It was about their sanctification too. 
Then you remember the verse? Because I can look it up while you, you don't have it on the top of your... I don't have it on the top of my... Uh, uh... Galatians 3, verse 3 in particular, which is, I think, a pivotal verse. In the yeah, Bible. are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So he's talking about being perfected. That is like, that is a textbook definition of sanctification. Yeah. He's not just talking about salvation. He's talking about... Their Maturity. That's right. How do you live the Christian life? Right? Uh, and then here's another one I got in front of me. Chapter 4, verse 9, he says, But now that you have come to know God, you have come to know God, or rather, to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental thing? So he's saying, you are believers. You are saved. Yeah. You have been known by God. You see, so he's, def he's definitely... And again, I don't know how to say this succinctly deftly clear <laughs> i'm still working on it but the i think the i think the rewards the rewards teachers would draw a distinction say we're not judaizers we agree with galatians and they would say that as long as they can keep galatians in a justification box it's just about justification it's not about sanctification at all and i think if you read galatians you say oh no it's he's absolutely talking about how you live your christian life and your sanctification Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.